Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now this week we're going to look at Monodelphus, Rex, AGL, Fortescue Mining and Illumina to name a few. Now then we're going to get into the Australian Stock Market so I can share with you my thoughts on where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. And remember, as you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you know when we're uploading our videos. Now, also remember to tune in to our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. And this is the show where you get to ask us the stock market education and trading experts to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, according to recent figures from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, the number of employed Australians fell in February to 5.80% or half a percent lower than it was in January. Now, this figure is positive news as it comes on the back of two consecutive quarters of GDP growth, suggesting the economy is not only moving in the right direction, but quicker than expected. Now, in February last year, the Australia or Australia was breaking records for the longest sustained economic growth without a recession with seasonally adjusted unemployment rate at 5.1%, which means we're edging closer to pre-COVID-19 levels for employment growth. Now, that said, there might be some skeletons in the closet given that the true number of unemployed really is unknown as JobKeeper has cushioned this, although the expectation is that when this scheme ends at the end of this month, the job losses will increase. Now, the biggest losers have been tourism and hospitality, and whilst these areas have recovered somewhat, it is far, or well, they are far from pre-COVID levels, and it's not likely or to improve in the near future, whilst international tourism is on hold. Now, another area of the economy that is suffering significantly is the loss of the nearly $40 billion per annum from international students, which has dramatically affected universities, TAFEs, and private education companies. Now, current estimates indicate that the international students will continue to fall this year and enrolments are unlikely to show positive change or positive change until 2023 or the 2023 intake. Now, tourism and education are both large employers and sources of money flow into Australia. And with JobKeeper being wound up this month, we may see many job losses in both areas. Now, while I do expect our economy to continue growing until these two areas turn the corner and really start the long road back to pre-COVID levels, I believe our economic growth will be a little bit subdued. 
Now let's get into what were the best and worst performing sectors last week. Now once again, the All Ordinaries Index continued to display signs of no real direction in 2021 with the market up less than 2% for this year. Now last week, utilities was the best performer up 2.15% whilst communication services, well that was up 1.84% and healthcare that was up 1.26%. The worst performing sectors last week included materials, which was down 3.98%, followed by energy down 2.55% and industrials down 2.18%. The best performers in the ASX S&P Top 100 stocks included Link Administration, which was up 9.26% last week, followed by Ansel up 8.52% and Charter Hall up 8.40% last week. Now, the worst performers, well, they included Rio, which was down 6.51%, followed by BHP down 6.4%, and to round out three miners, Fortescue, well, that was down 5.88%, and Aurora Limited down 5.10%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the chance for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. I must admit, I feel like I'm a broken record at the moment with the market still just going pretty much sideways. I had expected, you know, with our market to fall away, you know, through into March, possibly through right through to mid-April, but it just keeps holding up. I mean, obviously, you know, we did have some positive news and uh, the US market did shoot up a little bit the week before, which caused our market to hold up a little bit. But right now it's still looking weak, um, but it's not actually falling away. And it's, it's interesting to see that our market is just going pretty much sideways for this whole year. And we're now you know, nearly at the end of the first quarter. So let's go and have a look at the charts to really see what's going on. But you can understand why I feel like a broken record at the moment. And you can see here, this is my normal weekly chart of the All Ordinary Index. And you can see last Last week that we uh, opened and traded uh, there in a response pretty much to the US market trading a bit higher the prior week on the Friday and doing quite well. So our market did trade up on the Monday uh, and then it proceeded to roll over for the rest of the week. But let's have a bit of a look at it. So you can see here, there is Tuesday. So Monday we opened, Tuesday we shot up, then Wednesday we closed lower, Thursday we closed lower and again Friday we closed low. Now we haven't broken below these lows here from the 11th of March at 6885. Now, um, if that low is broken, then we are will actually go further down um, to my uh, what and what I was thinking of our market would fall down to around about below 6,500 points. Now, as I said, I think last week I think I did actually say it. The market moves up, comes down, moves up, comes down, moves up, comes down, and it does the opposite when it's more bearish. It moves down, comes back up again, down, up, down up and this could be just a counter trend move in the in the trend moving down it's no reason why it shouldn't be but if we look really have a look close look at the market here we're seeing that uh, week back there in uh, February closed lower then our high there back on the 19th of February it actually closed lower then the next week it closed lower it closed only a one or two points up here it opened at nine uh, six nine four zero closed at six nine four three only up three points for that week so barely up um, a couple of weeks ago Two weeks ago, it closed higher and then it closed lower again. So it closed lower, closed lower, closed lower, 
closed lower. So four out of the past six weeks, it's closed lower, and only one week it was up by 0.3. So not even a strong close on that one. Really suggesting this market is weak. But I want to show you a couple of other things. This pattern here looks a little bit similar to this pattern here. Now, if I go and use my little tool here and go, let's say, go from that point there to roughly that point there, you can see that's 18 weeks in time that it really went sideways, our market. And this is through to October um, last year. Now, if I go through sort of from around about here to around about here, we're talking about 15 or 16 weeks that we've actually been traveling sideways. Let me just pull it back through to here and you can see it's more like probably about 16 weeks. So we're probably in that sort of time frame here for it to break out. Now, we don't, we can't necessarily expect it to break upwards. It may break downwards here and that's the, the thing, but it really didn't fall much from the high down to that low. 6.57% you see. Now let's go and look at what it would be on this one. So here is the high that we had in February. 6.57% would take us down to around, around about where that is, about 6,700 point mark there now, which would suggest the market needs to fall away to just repeat what it did here. And if you look back through here, we had one, two, three, four, five weeks down into that low again, you know, closing just up high just lower, 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 just higher, higher, and then lower to get down to that. Now, we're now one, two, three, four weeks since that high. So again, one, two, three, four, five down to that. So maybe we'll get a thrust down here, but I'm thinking it's going to be longer. I think we're needing a little bit more of a pullback. I am still thinking it's going to go below 6,500 points down into that range there. If it does break that sort of 6,500 point range, then it probably will go down to that around 6,000 points and back into this sort of range here between these two blue lines, but nothing to worry about. I think it's going to happen. We I did expect four to eight weeks down into April. We're still on track with that, if that makes sense, because we've now had four weeks. If we get another, you know, four weeks down into that 6,500 points, it's a nice orderly type of move. I am expecting around that, you know, eight to 12% move down. That's around 10% where the blue line is. So not too much difference from its current point uh, that where we've got that would suggest um, it's probably only about another, yeah, there you go, nearly another 7% to get to there. To go about 12%, it's going to be around about sort of in that sort of bracket there. So nothing too much to worry about. I'm not expecting a market to crash it at all. I'm just expecting that continue to fold over. So I would expect that should start pretty soon, that movement down. Uh, if it's not going to, maybe this week, maybe next week. But again, it's just about sitting on your hands and waiting. And I know a lot of people who have got into the markets for the first time are struggling now, what they weren't struggling last year because of the market being a little bit more bullish last year. But this sideways movement really can frustrate people first-time people into or new people into the stock market thinking things are going to move but then they don't then they come back again and it really does struggle and even good traders struggle a little bit more so when we're seeing sideways market but there's times to get into the market times to stay out of the market and right now it's just the time to sit on your hands and wait for a bit more of a direction but I do think our market will be bullish second half of this year and I think we'll go on to be bullish more bullish next year as the all economy starts to open up our tourism starts getting going and we start starting to take international student enrollments again for the following year. All of that sort of stuff, as I said earlier on my report, all those things I would expect to start opening up once we start opening our borders to international tourism again, once the vaccine's rolled out, more so around the world, I think we'll get back to a bit more normality. But 
Again, I, you know, I really do think right now is the time just to be a little bit more cautious and sit on your hands. But let's now get into the questions that you've been asking me. So let's get into that right now. Alrighty, now the first question that we have today is from Hoosh Gaming, who says, Hello, Dale, can you please analyze Rex? Uh, price shot up after its announcement in December 2020 of starting services between major cities. I think it started a, a service between Melbourne and Sydney. Now, Rex Airlines is what we're talking about here, um, but has declined steadily since then. Um, however, it seems to be in an upward trajectory again over the past three weeks and has just completed a $150 million investment transaction. Your thoughts greatly appreciated. Uh, first thing I'll tell you to you is I don't actually buy airlines. I've never bought an airline in my life before and as I said here I probably won't ever buy an airline and the part of the reason is and we'll look at the chart in a second just to sort of confirm what you talked a bit about is partly because is airlines are very cost intensive businesses they take a lot of money to run a lot of maintenance and a lot of a lot of moving parts and things can happen very very quickly like COVID uh, that can decimate them. There's other things, you know, plane crashes, all manner of different things. If tourism goes down, um, you know, if planes hit buildings like happened in September 11th, all sorts of different things can happen. Uh, and so therefore they're pretty fickle type of businesses that, uh, you know, that if you are on them, you can make money. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy stocks like Rex or Qantas. I'm just saying I don't generally do that. I'd rather buy stocks that don't have those sorts of risks around them. They quite often also debt sort of businesses because obviously planes do cost a lot of money to buy and also run and everything else. But let's go and have a look at the charts. Now on the screen is Rex. Uh, I've got it there left on, on the left hand side of the chart is a monthly chart and on the right hand there's a weekly chart. But let's quickly just have a look at the monthly chart. And you can see here this is the whole history of Rex and you really do need to keep it into context. That pretty much is a sideways type of moving stock and shows you how volatile airline stocks can be. Now Qantas is a better stock in terms of growth or longer term growth, but you can just see this stock moves up and down in this sort of um, range. And if we go down to sort of this low, you can see here how range, big range it is. There's a hundred and odd percent just there. I'm not even on the proper area. So you can make money when you run, but this is its all time low back in February, sorry, March 2020s. It's gone from its all time high back in 2007 all the way. So anybody buying and holding this stock would have been quite um, disappointed with the results or, or the results from this stock. Now, since last year or since March last year, or the low from the COVID low, you can see how it rose up 583% to that high. Currently, it's still up over 352%. So people were getting into it after COVID low, as they were with Qantas. People were jumping in thinking, well, you know, it's bang, it's gone. But look at this. It was already by March, it was already down significantly over that prior one to two years. If I look at to that point, it was already down 40 odd percent before March and it was going down through, we've, we found out about COVID China's around October-ish, I think. So it was already very much in a bearish move before that. Now, currently it's fallen a little bit off its high there. So if we go to the high to where it is, it's fallen over 33, 34% there. 
Um, it's, it's just coming back. I don't think that's too much to, to worry about. It's only a small move down here, small move down here. But let's go to the weekly chart on what you were talking about. You're saying, okay, it did have a big move up through in after December there. You can see the big move from December. Uh, then up into that last week in December because of saying, hey, it's going to start flying main routes between Melbourne and Sydney, and I'm assuming... I don't know the exact details, but probably maybe um, Sydney and Brisbane as well. But in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 weeks, it's travelling down. These are not strong weeks. So whilst they're green bars, uh, that week did trade higher than that week. That's not three up weeks at this point in time. Those two bars here are just showing indecision, and they could be just two more two, two bars like that move down, two bars up move down. Um, and so I'm not looking at for strength on this stock at the moment. I think uh, it is likely it's going to continue to fall. But if it if it can't make it above that high at $1.78 over the next week or two, I'd suggest the uh, move is downward. Um, and I would suggest that it'll probably come back down into the realms of this sort of $1.40, $1.50 area, maybe even a bit lower. But right now, it's not something a stock that I would have my money into at the moment. I just don't think... They're showing me it's not showing me enough signs that there's strength in there, and just because it's opening up some of the main routes, you're talking about the two the Melbourne Sydney route and the Sydney um, Brisbane route and the Melbourne Brisbane route. You know, they're the biggest routes in Australia in terms of airlines, and you've got a lot of competition there. And you're going to try and go in against Qantas um, and obviously Virgin to try and take a lot of market share off that. Now, Rex is a good airline and it has been managed very, very well, but it was very it was struggling for many, many, many years. It's generally a regional airline. That's what its name is, Regional Express. So it'd be interesting. And so as you know, COVID uh, measures or the COVID vaccine gets out and COVID has less of an effect on us, whether we start traveling a lot more into more country areas and those regional areas. I know Tourism Australia and, and other tourism bodies and the federal government are encouraging us to get out there. So maybe Rex would benefit from that possibly. But uh, again, right now the chart's not really telling me that I want to invest in this sort of stock, that the probability is probably more down than up at this point in time. So I'd just sit back and wait a little bit. Next, we do have a question from somebody called King Kasuma, um, who says, hi, Dale, thanks again for all the great work. It's my pleasure. He says, could I get you to explain what the blue colored bars are on your chart and what they mean? I've also been watching Monodel Alpha's group for a while and it seems to trend strongly over relatively short time frames. We'd love to get your opinion on whether you can trade based on what you see on the charts. The answer is absolutely positively yes. Uh, and if there are any special rules regarding trailing stops, etc., you might look to apply for those types of price movements. Many thanks in advance. Um, let's go and have a look at Monodelphus and I'll sort of answer some of all those questions while we're on it. Now, Mon Monodelphus is a great stock. I love it. It does trend well right now. It looks CRAP. Um, so I wouldn't be getting into the stock, but looking at the monthly chart, if I scroll it up, you can see here that it can really trend well, but you could have bought it back in 2007 for lower price or around the same price as you're buying it right now. So it is a trading stock. Can I trade this using the charts? No problems at all. I've got tons of rules that I could trade this stock and we've had lots of trades on this stock ourselves. Uh, we've had our students trade this stock and make lots and lots of money, like hundreds of percents on this stock by using those rules to get in and get out. But it is not a buy and hold stock. It is a trading stock. What do the blue bars mean? If I bring, I'll just zoom it up here and I can show you. 
classic example of a big blue bar. Blue bar is what they call an outside bar, and it's basically an outside bar trades higher and lower than the bra on the bar on the immediate left of it. So you can see here the green bar on the left. It's completely trading. It's in completely engulfed by the blue bar to the right of it. That's really what a blue bar is. What does it mean? Well, that's when you start to you need to start looking at bar analysis and everything else. And I'm not going to go into all of that. We talk about that in our in our beginners course, in our trading mentor course, which is dirt cheap. It'll teach you all about this. Talk to talk about bar analysis, why color code them like this, short term bar analysis, how to understand what bars are talking about, what do they mean. What does it mean with the opens, the high, the lows, the closes, all of that, so that you can fully understand this. Now, right now, my take on this stock um, is that it's weak. It, it, it's likely to continue to fall away, so I wouldn't be looking at buying it right now. It, it is moving down. Um, you also asked me about rules, about stop losses and and uh, other rules that I might use on this. I have a lot of rules that I'll use on this, and I can't do this. This is a free video i'm not going to be teaching you stuff on this if you want to learn how we do this how we would trade them on adolphus then consider doing our courses as i said our trading mentor course is under two thousand dollars it's absolutely dirt cheap and the person that's supporting you and answering your question is the person talking to you right now so it's a dirt cheap education to get in to learn how to buy and sell and get into the stock market if you're somebody who's not sure how serious you are about trading it's a perfect course for that so i just go to our website and download our course handbook and have a chat with our team they're all traders so even kathy who answers the phone she's one of our traders she's one of our graduates of our diploma course and we love helping people, but if you do want solid rules around trading stocks like this and hundreds of others, then get into our courses or maybe you might consider our diploma course. But really, um, you know, if you do want to understand the stock market and have rules around your buying and selling, including your stop losses, um, you know, so that you want to know how to consistently profitable at least, then just you know, click the link in the description and get my book, which is called How to Beat the Manage Funds. It was a best-selling book that I launched um, back in the 2000s, and uh, it, we still sell a lot of that today because the content in it is brilliant. So you can get that book for free. All you got to do is pay shipping, so there's absolutely no excuses. Again, just click the link in the description. You get the copy of the book. You start reading it. You'll start getting rules around buying and selling and stop losses, which is exactly what you asked in the question. Um, but if you are a bit more serious, then do a course. But moving on, we do have another question. And this one is from Miles, who says, hi, Dale, just got your book and I've read it within a week on the train to university. Fantastic. Um, I'm assuming you've enjoyed it. So because you've mentioned it, he said, uh, would you be able to take a look at AGL's monthly chart? Absolutely. I've been practicing drawing trend lines and I'm unsure where to exactly place it for AGL and would greatly appreciate seeing if I'm doing it correctly. Additionally, is it a usable trend line possibly to attain in situations like AGL with such a sharp drop off? Um, thanks, Miles. But again, that's exactly, he's learned some rules and some techniques around applying them onto a chart just by getting my book. So again, you know, just get the book um, for, for shipping costs. It's pretty much dirt cheap. But let's go and have a look at AGL and we'll look at the monthly chart because he's asking about the monthly chart on AGL. So let's bring that up and you can see here the whole history of AGL. And again, this is another one you could have bought back in 2006, 2007 and still be losing money. Right now, this stock is CRAP. It's falling away and it's high probability it will continue to fall away. So it's again, you know, whilst you could have bought and hold through here, right now it's not looking good, but let's move it out 
across here just to, to really zoom it out. Now, I'm not going to teach you all the rules around trend lines. We have in our course, in our diploma course, there's five rules, very, very solid black and white rules to use when drawing trend lines. I'm not going to teach you those. But in my book, we basically have two rules to keep it simple. So if you pick the highest high there and draw it across, there you are. There's your trend line through there. But you can actually see, you can, what he's talking about is it's dropped away there. So if you want, you can just bring it down from here and you can see here, that's the trend line on the monthly chart that I would draw right now on that. So you've just followed it there. Now, whilst we don't teach you all the rules and part of the rules we talk about in our course is about when you need to, to change that trend line and what angles it should be in because all too often, and I don't know how many times I've seen people, it's... Can I say 98% of people who tell me they know how to draw trend lines don't know how to draw them and I see some absolutely bizarre trend lines and, and a lot of people have just read something in a book, you know, just, and some of the ones that I've seen, people say to me, oh, how do you, when I ask them how they draw a trend line, they go, I just squash everything up on a chart and draw a line across everything. Well, that's terrible. That's just a disastrous type of trend line and it's ineffective. The trend lines we use, and I was only chatting with this about one of our students the other day, is I know our trend lines, uh, the way we draw them, outperform moving averages and multiple moving averages. And I can say that with 100% confidence because I've tested them against these. So whilst a moving average may get you in around the same time as our trend lines, they will not perform in sideways movements like we're seeing right now, whereas our trend lines will. Um, but they also won't get you out in the right spots. Uh, they'll actually cost you more money. So a moving average will cost you more trades and you'll have more losses, you'll make more, less money. So I'd rather have less trades and make more money than have more trades and make less money. Now, one year, many, many, many years ago, I was at speaking at a big expo and I had a, a crowd of people and somebody said to me, oh, your trend lines won't beat moving averages. And I said, yes, they will. Uh, and so I just brought up a chart on a big screen and I said, what stock do you want? And the person um, told me a stock that they wanted. I drew trend lines on it over five years. And then I said, okay, what's your moving average? They told me that. And I put that onto the chart and I said, I bet you here, 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 and here. And, and we did better on the trend lines than the moving averages. I said, what's your next stock? And he looked at me and I said, well, I'm here until I prove you wrong because my trend lines work because I know and I've back-tested them for decades to know that they work better. So it's a real good skill to have. And that's really what I'm trying to help you with is understanding them in the book is great and they will work with you on those monthly charts. So just drawing them on the monthly chart, you will make money. Right now, AGL is going down, but it'll eventually cross the trend line on a monthly chart, and when it does, and it'll give you a buy signal, it'll be a great trade, I'm pretty sure of that, but it'll also give you an uptrend line to be act as a trailing stop loss for you. So great question. Love that you're practicing what you've learned in the book, so keep it up uh, and keep doing it, and, and we're always here to pick up looking at other stocks. But again, I'm not gonna teach you how to draw trend lines properly um, here on YouTube, it's free. You don't work for free and, and neither do we. So if you want to learn properly, then maybe consider one of our courses. Now, we do have a question from Syed who says, hello, uh, can you please say something about FMG stocks future? I would have loved it uh, if, Syed, if you'd actually put some more detail on there about do you own it, do you not own it? Some little bit of detail, but I will go and have a look at that. I've got one more question after this uh, on another stock, but let's go and have a look at FMG. I'm going to bring up AWC shortly. Looking at FMG, it's on the weekly chart. You can see there it's looking a little bit bearish there. So we've had downward moves. Right now it is going down and that's really what it's about. So what we're seeing here is if I just use my 
trend line through here. Now, this is not a proper, proper, proper trend line, but um, I would suggest if it starts to break through this line, it's going to keep going down to around um, probably $16, $17 in that sort of bracket there. I expect it to continue to fall on the way at this point in time. So right now, my take on FMG is that it's bearish um, and just to sit back and wait, don't get in. Don't try and buy into it now because you be, could be catching a falling knife because it may fall another 10 or 15 or 20% from where it is. So just sit back and wait, like I was saying a little bit earlier. Now, our last question uh, this week is from Bratz Babe who says, hi, Dale, can you please look at Illumina? Do you see any mid to long term potential with this stock and is it a stock you would consider getting into? So let's go and have a bit of a look at uh, that stock, Illumina for Bratz Babe. So let me just click on that one. Um, right now, it's been doing well since the COVID lows, but it's quite volatile. Illumina is one of those stocks that you need to have some good solid rules around. And you can, again, you can see here, it's really been going sideways since the GFC. So, But you can make a lot of money on this stock if you do get it right, because those moves are quite big, as you can see, they're over 200% there and they're over 200% there again. So if we are on another one of those moves, it is good. But going back, look at this. This is the whole history in the stock. So this is why I suggest people really look at monthly charts because very, very volatile, this stock. Very much a trading stock. And you could have bought it in 1980s around the same price as it is now. So looking at this now, it's looking a little bit weak. You can see these uh, all these short-term bar analysis is suggesting this is weak to me. Um, I would want this stock to start showing me some finds, some sort of signs of strength. Um, and I don't think I'm going to get that at the moment. If this low gets broken in the next week or so, a dollar sixty there. If that gets broken, then it's probably likely to come back down to sort of dollar forty, dollar fifty, and continue this sideways move. But these moves are big if you get into them. You have a look at that, forty-five percent over a matter of what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks. If you've got good rules, that's some pretty good um, returns in ten weeks. But right now, it is looking down. It's not looking fantastic. So I'd be staying out of it, Brats, baby. But thank uh, for sending in your questions and all the questions that you sent in to. And thank you to all of you who commented and sent in questions this week. It's really great. It allows me to go to a lot more places and, um, and I really do appreciate it. If you do have a question that you'd like me to answer, just don't sit there. Get typing as it's the only way that you'll find the answer. Now, we are here to help you find answers and really understand how to invest and trade the stock market better. But we can't do this without you. That means... All you need to do is subscribe to the channel as this will help us to help you. If you are enjoying the content, then subscribing seems to be quite a small little thing that you can do to say thank you to Janine and I for putting our time and effort in and all the team to put these videos out for you. Now remember that here on this channel we do these Monday market reports each and every week. We also do our live stream with Janine and I every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. So get on there and tell your friends about it, share it with your social media. It really helps us. I mean, the only way we can keep producing these videos are these quality videos and, and we've got to pay for people to help us buy more equipment all the time to keep doing it is really about you keep sharing these things and telling everybody else about what we're doing. And I know a lot of you do, so please do that and thank you for very much for that. Again, hit the subscribe button now, click the bell on the right of it so you know when we upload our videos right here on YouTube. It's free, it's painless, and you'll be helping somebody out. Now that's it for us for this week. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. 
For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.